Welcome to episode 18 of the Lonely Fan Sports Show. I'm Josh Anderson. This will be the first episode of March of 2021. Been on a little break here. Got forced at work uh, last night, so did not get to watch what I'm about to cover. And that will be the first Round or sorry, that would be round number nine of the Monster Energy Supercross series. They were at Daytona, the one of the biggest races of the year. Well, they like to highlight it because they are at Daytona. the The race itself usually it's okay at best. Reason being, a lot of the racing is spaced out. The racing is not necessarily close uh, i mean maybe a few few years i can maybe think of the racing as close uh, um i i mean if if you go through the years of daytona you think of i mean people think of the daytime races which it's it's hot humid uh, I, I remember playing the video games, so that was always the odd odd ones there. But outside of that, you had the James Stewart jumping the wall, and then but he ended up weeding himself and crashing out, and Villapoto would be pretty much winning those anyway. And then you would have uh, 2015 when Dungey was going to win his second 450 Supercross championship, that was the one thing that he had not won, and he was close to not winning it because Cole Seeley was really, really close, and then all of a sudden, um, when Cole was about to make the pass, Dungey and him kind of collided in the same rut, and then Dungey finally said, you know what, we're going to go, and he lowered his lap time, and he uh, he realistically just he was gone. And then during that same event, when you look at specialty things, uh, Tomac was doing the wheelie, and the, just just watching that in slow motion, and even when you're watching that in live action shots, that was just as astonishing. 2016, Dungey kept it close with Tomac the entire time. 2017, I can think of Jeremy Martin holding the lead out the entire time, but you know Tomac was going to win that eventually. Uh, and then 2018 had some drama with uh, Justin Brayton winning it. You know, Marvin Muskamp probably should have won that race, but uh, he completely. I really have no idea what Marvin did that one one Daytona because he just he kept crashing and then he crashed into the mechanics area if I recall correctly, and then Tomac was extremely coming fast but just ran out of time, and Braden ended up that winning that and then 2020 was the rare case of Tomac coming up and just making the last two lap passes on Kenny and that I mean I maybe I don't know maybe maybe Daytona is a little better than I remember but you know Tomac's won so many of them that he's won five now oh yeah spoiler Tomac won but uh 
Yeah, so Tomac won the race. Uh, when looking at Tomac this one, he benefited from, I think, if Roxon didn't did not uh, get a little bit screwed over, and we'll get to that in a minute, but uh, when at the beginning of the race, Roxon did get the jump, and you could tell Cooper Webb intentionally moved over. Now, back in Salt Lake City, you could tell that Cooper Webb was intentionally doing things to Tomac, causing him to get bad starts and to either get horrific starts or mid-pack starts. Now, you could argue that Tomac really doesn't need help in that department because Tomac starts are just pitiful in general. But outside of that, rocks and starts are usually top five or he's either hole-shotting. So Cooper Webb needs to play those type of mind games. So what Eli Tomac tends to do is he he is so bad at starts. In this way, he likes to tuck to the inside because he likes to just just be cautious. And since he likes to be so cautious in this race, he... He did that, and because of Webb, what he did to Roxon, he got the he got the whole shot, and he took off and was able to win the race. This was for Tomac. This is his second win of the year, his thirty seventh win of his career. Now I don't know how many more victories he's going to have this year, but he's going to have to win a few more if he's going to want to catch up to Chad Reed or Ryan Villapoto. but even with that said this year has not been good for Tomac but this is the first victory he's had all, all year where he has not faded there's been a lot of victories so far this year where it's we have not seen the Tomac fast slap the Tomac fast speed but this was the first true victory that I could maybe say that, you know what, he was really, uh, Roxon did look to be, if he got a, I could argue maybe Roxon, if he would have got the whole shot, he probably would have checked out and won, but Tomac got the lead and nobody was catching him. He got, uh, Roxon made a few mistakes, but uh, Rox, uh, Tomac built the lead up over Plessinger. Uh, to over at least five seconds, and then he built the lead up to over Webb to 10 to 11 seconds over the race. So he definitely had the speed over Webb and Roxon during the race, and that's realistically the first time this entire season you could even argue that. And when you look at this season as a whole, it kind of resembles maybe 2016 Eli Tomac where he he just doesn't really, he's not getting good starts and he doesn't have the speed and kind of resembles, is it, is it the bike issue? Is, uh, you, or is it a him issue? Is he injured? But you don't get much information from Tomac. The, the one thing you should, I mean, if you look at him, he, he shaved and that was like, wow, we, when you look at him, he looks like he's 10 years younger now. That, that's the one thing to look at him like. But regardless of that, uh, it, he's now 24 points down in the series. Um, 
if you do the mathematical approach, he has to win every race the rest of the year. And if Roxon were to get second or Webb, he would be the champion. But logically speaking, that has not been the case this entire year since Tomac has been struggling. But momentum is one thing. And if Webb and Roxon start taking each other out... Uh, Tomac does have the availability and chance to to win. The one thing that Tomac Tomac needs a spark, and maybe this could be it, or he could possibly go back next week and go back to getting fourth and fifth place. Uh, this victory in Daytona will be is number five, so he will tie Ricky Carmichael for all time victories in Daytona. Uh, going into this race, I, I really didn't think that he was going to win this race. I actually thought Roxon was going to win just because how they were riding. But he was able to pull this out and, you know, good for him. So 24 points down. It's not fully impossible for him not to uh, win the championship. But he has to go on a 2017 run where he has to win five races in a row. And right now, uh, the next three races are going to be in Dallas. That's going to be a Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday. And he has to go, uh, he has to win at least two out of those three and at least get podiums in those three. And he, he has to beat Roxon and Webb in, uh, at least in all three of those races. So we will see what happens coming up in Arlington. Uh, Cooper Webb gets second. Uh, it depends upon whose fan you are uh, about the moves he's doing. Uh, he was doing the same thing to Tomac in Salt Lake City. Uh, the one thing, though, that Webb can get away with with Roxon is something he can't get away with Tomac. If 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 uh, if it was a closer in a championship against Tomac, I think Tomac would have took Webb out. We've seen Tomac do that earlier in his career with. Uh, um, Dean Wilson in the 250s. Now in the 450s, he's he, he got really frustrated with Dungey in 2017, but ever since then we really haven't seen that much. So uh, Tomac in in 2020 was more in defense mode, so you weren't really going to see much of that. Webb and Roxon have already detailed history, so they pretty much don't already like each other. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens in the remaining races because if they take each other out at any point, Tomac is only 24 points down, and if they lose a large chunk of points and you start getting Tomac momentum, they that's going to be a scenario that they don't want. So Roxon's... Webb can play those type of mind games he has throughout his career. I've never seen that type of type of game game gamesmanship from Ken Roxon. But for Webb, he he was able to capitalize for mistakes from Plessinger. I, I thought he was going to get third. The one thing Webb does, he has to do these crafty. He, well, he has to first rely on his starts. And because, as I said in multiple, multiple podcasts, he does not have the raw speed of a, if Tomac is on top of his game, 
He does not have the raw speed of an Eli Tomac, Chase Sexton, or Ken Roxon, or Adam Cincerello. He, he realistically does not have that talent. I, I don't know. It's just... It's just missing from his game, and he just has to be a crafty veteran. He does have a lot of skill, and that's why he won the 2019 championship. He puts himself in great positioning, but if Roxon gets in front of him, and if Roxon's on, he does not have any chance in hell of catching Ken Roxon. That's why when the, when the start happened, that's why he moved over on Roxon and took him wide, and it's going to be interesting to listen to the podcast coming up with Mathis and JT to see their takes, or even Wygant too, to see their takes on the whole thing, if, if they're going to be on the side of that. Because, you know, it is, it's a little greasy, as, as Mathis would say, but all's fair. It's, it's the one thing, you know, let's just go. Roxon got fourth. So when we look at Roxon, he has been losing points. It kind of resembles the Tomac and uh, Dungey battle a little bit, where Dungey stopped winning races and he was ha- hemorrhaging points. And he needed to start winning. Now we're coming to the point where Rox, it's kind of a different scenario where Roxon does have more speed, but he's not winning. But because he's still losing points, he, he needs to take advantage and win races. But with that said, Roxon does not have... Roxon has the issue where he, he's not aggressive. And that, if he wants to win his first championship, that is where he's going to have to adjust. And he's going to hate that, and he's gotten hurt before earlier in when he came back in twenty, I think it was in twenty eighteen when he collided with Webb over the girlfriend incident. But the fact of the matter is, is that he's going to have to get aggressive to win this championship, and it's also the reason why it, it, Tomac, even though getting back to Tomac. It's some of the reasons why he has lost so many points to Webb and Barsha is because he has not gotten necessarily aggressive with Barsha. Now, you may not want to get aggressive with Barsha, but if at some point you have to if you want to gain points. And that's going to be the same concept with Ken Roxon. You're going to have to make aggressive moves. Will it cost you later on? Maybe. But if Ken Roxon wants to be a champion in the Monster Energy Supercross Series, he's going to have to do it. And the one thing so far in Ken Roxon's career, outside of 2016 Pro Lucas Oil Pro Motocross Series, is he gets weaker throughout a series. Uh, I guess you could throw the 2016 Supercross season as, in there as well, but he was dominated by Ryan Dungey. He gets weaker throughout a season. That is just a fact. And we are now uh, eight or nine races into the season, and he he's lost some points due to the other things, so he should have a larger points lead. But with that said... Historically, he has not 
the greatest writer in the middle of a series. He gets and towards the end of a series. So that is going to help out Webb, which Webb is stronger towards the middle and the end. So unless Webb or unless Roxon gets a little stronger somewhere, this championship is going to favor Webb. So we'll just we'll see from there. Uh, third place, way to go, Aaron Plessinger. Uh, I've been down on him since the uh, twenty. I, I've never really been high on Aaron. Um, the when he won the Supercross Championship, I, I you know it was good for him. I think uh, a lot of guys kind of underachieved that year. Uh, it was um, Adam Cincerello probably I, underachieved that year. Uh, Shane McElrath. I, I did so, but he won, and then that uh, motocross season, uh, Jeremy Martin got hurt, Zach Osmond got hurt, and then all uh, his competition was Alex Martin, who started crashing. So, I mean, you got you got to win it if you got to win it, and he did. So, and then he had issues with the Yamaha bike after that. But you know what? This was the the first real race where he was beating Cooper Webb, and. I, I don't know if it's necessarily a Daytona factor because sometimes guys do that, but but he's been showing this type of speed before because uh, there were a few races er, or heat races er, earlier this season where he would be riding faster than Webb. He just wouldn't make the move, and this was the first time all year where he made these type of moves. So hopefully. Uh, in later races he makes these moves because it would help him out because I felt in earlier heat races he would have actually passed Cooper Webb but good for him hopefully he gets a podium bonus bonus and uh, uh, he uh, just good for him he uh, it's gonna be interesting to see if Yamaha keeps him I he uh, right now he moves ahead of his teammate in points uh, He's. I, I think he does have a higher upside to me than Malcolm. Uh, not necessarily Dylan at this point. At this point, if we look at a snapshot in careers, but he is a higher snapshot in terms of Malcolm. Uh, if I'm Yamaha, I do retain him if he does keep this trajectory. Uh, if he stays healthy towards the end of the year, this is probably going to be the healthiest he's going to be going into outdoors where he should shine it looks to be that star yamaha has figured out what's been wrong with the yamaha 450 and that's good for them so it's good to see aaron do well and hopefully like i said they keep signing him uh fifth was malcolm stewart uh he was late in the race he passed ken roxon who made mistakes but then Roxon was able to make the pass. Uh, Malcolm is uh, steady. Uh, he had a few low points in the middle part of the year, but with this uh, few moves here, he was able to move into fifth in the point, well, maintain fifth in the points at least. No, I'm sorry. He moved back into fifth in the points because of uh, Marvin Muscan. Um, something happened to him in the race. I, I wasn't quite sure. But uh, Malcolm moves up to fifth into points. That will match his career high if he finishes there the rest of the year with uh, the when he finished uh, on the uh, Honda MCR Honda team. 
Uh, for Malcolm, it will be interesting to see if Yamaha resigns him. Uh, right currently, right now, if you look at the points, he is the uh, highest Yamaha rider, and he is on a Supercross-only deal. So, and he has been the most consistent rider of the bunch. Hasn't been the fastest, but he has been the most consistent. Uh, Justin Barsha got sixth. Uh, heat race was good, but he didn't necessarily uh, qual um, start the greatest mid-pack start, and then he wasn't really able to move anywhere. Uh, he was battling with Jason Anderson uh, most of the race. Uh, Jason Anderson uh, didn't have a good heat race. He finished seventh. Uh, he crashed in the heat race, went off the track, and then slid. Uh, Ricky Carmichael made the comment that the uh, grass was kind of like ice. So Jason got up, was able to tr make a heat transfer, but uh, he finished seventh. That was way better than I remember in 2018 where he uh, crashed and barely made points. But um, either way, Jason having an okay year, that will move him up to 11th in points. Uh, after an, a decent finish, he will be top 10 in points. And then he can start moving up from there because uh, Zach Osborne is... Pro I'm guessing oh, they made an announcement that, um, speaking of Zacho, uh, Zach Osborne has a lower back injury, which I I'm assuming either he's going to be maybe a salt like rounds, but I'm going to assume that he will be out till outdoors where he will want to make a full... Uh, championship run to defend his title and overarching it's going to be interesting to see what happens with the husky team it's pretty much well known now that the rockstar energy drink is kind of maybe pulling out so uh that's kind of one of the scary things that an uh, energy drink company they kind of pulled out of the canadian series they're kind of going into the video game business for sponsorships so if the Husky group can find a, uh, um, a new sponsorship, I don't know if, if they can, but you know they are going to continue to support bikes and everything. But how much level support they will for riders, it, it's going to be, we'll see. Red Bull and Monster will be there, but Rockstar, I guess, is pulling out. Obviously, it's a, it's a big mess if they do. But we'll see. Uh, Chase Sexton got eighth. Uh, he's back after the shoulder injury. Uh, he held back coming out because he wanted to be healthy. Uh, he qualified well, but it's, it's good to see him back. Uh, he showed some flash, showed some speed. I guess he crashed in qualifying, chipped the tooth, and right after he chipped the tooth, he actually laid down as fast as lap time. And in this race, he started out well, uh, started fourth, but dropped back a little. That's going to be expected on your on your first race back. Uh, he's at, for the rest of the season for him. I'm just make your races and get ready for outdoors for him. Uh, Justin Bogle ninth, great for him. Uh, ever since he uh, changed up his training routine, that's all you can ask for is improving every single race. Uh, Dean Wilson, 10th. Uh, for Dean, he barely made the main event. Uh, he had to go through the LCQ. Uh, during his heat race on the last lap, he crashed, which I'm going to get to. I, I meant to start out on this, but 
for the love of fucking God, I have been on complaining about the TV broadcasts, but I'm going to go on this rant again. Why are the TV broadcasts cutting away from the racing when they're still racing to go? Because they did it multiple times last night where even in the first heat race, when Cameron McAdoo won his first heat and they magically are going to commercial when you haven't even finished the top nine. I understand that it's Daytona, so you kind of, it's going to be longer lap times, but for the love of God, you can hold off the racing just for a little bit and show the, the top nine. And because you missed multiple things, you missed the Dean Wilson crash because you had to follow that up right after the fact. For the love of God, finish the top nine and then you can go to commercial. I don't understand how hard this is as a concept. I, I just, what is going on with the broadcast? This isn't COVID related because people, people like Anton are just, oh, we should give these guys a break. They're COVID, they're dealing. No, these are consistent problems that happen uh, before COVID and it's going to continue after COVID. I just don't understand how people are so shitty at their jobs and they keep doing at their job. I, I, I just don't understand. Either way, uh, Dean Wilson uh, struggled to make the main and then uh, was able to make the main and get top 10. Good for him. Uh, Dylan Ferrandez, uh, 11th. Uh, Dylan's same old story. Qualified very well, but... The thing that Dylan has a problem with is his starts, and that's plagued him throughout his career uh, in the GPs, in the 250 class in Supercross, and now in the 450s. It, it, it really doesn't matter how much speed Dylan Ferrandez shows. If, if he can't solve his starts, he's never going to have a chance to win the 450 championship. Eli, Ch Eli Tomac is the one exception. Uh, Cooper Webb, Ken Roxon, and uh, Chase Sexton, uh, Adam Cincerello are not, uh, even if Eli stays, for example, but any of those other riders aren't going away anytime soon, and they are at younger or at the same age as Dylan Ferrandez. So unless he figures out his uh, starting issues, he ain't winning a 450 championship or doesn't even have a chance for a win. Or by dumb luck, he might have a chance. But other than that, I don't think he has a chance. So until he figures that out, that's basically where his positions are going to be. I'm sorry. Uh, Joey Savacci got 12th. Didn't even see him on the telecast. Uh, Vince Freezy, 13th. Not a whiff of him on TV. Uh, Max Anstey. Qualified for a second 450 and finished the best, his best race ever, 14th. Uh, Mitchell Oldenburg qualified for his, I believe, his first 450 main. He got uh, 15th. Uh, he looked very, very well making it into the LCQ. Uh, Martin Davalos got 16th. Uh, Kyle Chisholm got 17th. He uh, finished, in, uh, he uh, got the last transfer in the LCQ. I got a little worried there, but he battled his way in. 
uh, Benny Blaska, 18th. Uh, Brandon Hartraft got 19th. Good for him on making the main. He's been struggling a lot lately. Um, I don't know what's going on with uh, Brandon, but uh, he uh, he does have the speed to make it into mains. He's just uh, just going through that rookie grind every every single week. So good for him on making the main. Way to go, Cade Clayson. Got the start in the uh, LCQ. Uh, Kevin Moran's technically got the start, but uh, Cade uh, got the, um, right behind him, uh, Checked, uh, got the pass, and then checked out. He didn't win the LCQ, but he built up a big enough lead to where he uh, qualified him for the main. And good for him. I, it's uh, Cade, after getting suspended, and I just... Good for him on making another main. Uh, Marvin Muskan, 21st. I, I don't know what happened to Marv. I, I saw him battling with Kenny and everything, and then all of a sudden he just he just torpedoed down to 21st. And then uh, Brock Tickle, 22nd. Yeah, they showed a camera on him on TV. He crashed. Looked like he was in pain. Hopefully he's all right. So... All right, look at the points. Uh, Ken Roxon has a two-point lead over Cooper Webb. And then Tomac is 24 points down. Barsha's fourth. Marvin, or Malcolm Stewart's fifth. Marvin's sixth. Plessinger moves up to seventh. Uh, Zacho not being there is an eighth. Um, and then uh, Dylan Fernandez is in ninth. And then Jason Anderson should... Um, D- Dylan, Jason, Joey... Should and then any of it should move up with guys not uh, being there because of injuries. All right, now we go up to the uh, 250 class. Oh, uh, the 250 class. So the 250 class was uh, fairly interesting, only in in the sense that they had so many red flags in the 250 LCQ. It got a little insane. It probably made the race long. Like I said, I didn't watch the entire race live. Um, I got forced at work. But with that said, it it made the race long, and I just I just fast forwarded it. So way to go, Cameron McAdoo. Ram it. Uh, he looked he looked amazing. Uh, he didn't get the start. That was by uh, Styles. Robertson, he he got the start, but uh, Cameron Cameron does have a chance to win this championship. Uh, Cameron, the one underrated thing. Now he's not obviously the best starter in this 250 field. Is uh, going to be Justin Cooper. That that it's going to be no one's going to. I mean no, but the second best starter is Cameron McAdoo. Uh, McAdoo has always been a solid starter from what I see. So he does have a chance to win this championship. He 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 looks extremely smooth, from what I see, and I think right now going into the Dallas round, he will have a four point lead. As long as he doesn't make any mistakes, he does have a chance to win this championship. I have seen, for, from what I've seen from Cooper Webb, Cooper Webb, I'm sorry, uh, Justin Cooper, uh, when he doesn't get the start. He makes a lot of mistakes. And this happened last year. And this happened so far in the Daytona race. 
He makes a lot of mistakes. He pushes, and when he pushes, the mistakes happen. So if McAdoo can keep forcing those mistakes from Justin Cooper, McAdoo is going to keep the pressure and do well. McAdoo just has to make sure that he keeps getting a decent amount of starts. Now, he kind of screwed up at the gate and didn't, again, he got a sixth place start in this one, but he was able to make the moves. He's just going to have to be as finished seconds and first throughout the remaining part of the season. But either way, his first career victory, way to go, man. And then uh, Nick Way has uh, done a great job proven that he can uh, there should be a lot of people making calls for Nick Way because or unless because there's um for McAdoo getting fill and rides I mean for Mathis uh getting a call for the straight rhythm or uh, for overseas ride overseas rides to Geico Honda fill in now to PC way to go Cameron McAdoo uh Styles Robinson uh got second uh, after landing on Jeremy Martin last week to second place, that's a hell of a rebound. Uh, Styles did not show much flash outdoors last year, so getting a second here is pretty confidence-building probably. Uh, not showing any flash was kind of a glaring for last year or last outdoors. So uh, Pierce Brown coming back from injury uh, got uh, third place. He was able to hold off Justin Cooper, who uh, was coming on strong. Now, Pierce Brown was one of the highlights from the Salt Lake City rounds, but outdoors did not go well. It was kind of disappointing that he missed Orlando round one, but he came back and uh, raced pretty well. And he did show speed, so that's good to him. Now, Pierce, because he missed that round, does not have a chance for the championship. So for him, it's just trying to build and get more podiums. Uh, Cooper finished fourth, just bad start either way. Uh, you know he is a good starter, so that will happen. But as I said uh, a little bit ago, if he doesn't get the starts, what's going to happen? And it, he does so far in Supercross. There have been some races where he, when he doesn't get the start, he will make mistakes. Garrett Marchbanks was fifth. Now he was in front of Cooper for a lot of the race, and he finished right behind him. So. March Banks does have speed, and he finished, and he, I, there was, I, I'm impressed with March, March Banks. Now, I'm not a fan of the Hammaker stuff that he did last week, but he was pushing, and to finish in the position that he did was extremely impressive. Uh, good for him. Uh, Hunter Lawrence was sixth. He was battling with the front group for quite a while, got uh, was held off Cooper for quite a while too. Uh, Hunter Lawrence has sure improved on his uh, Supercross skills this season compared to uh, last season. I will extremely uh, congratulate him on that. Obviously, last uh, in Salt Lake season, he, he missed the mains, but this year, on a little bit better field, he is showing that growth is possible even for him. And he is fourth in points now. Uh, Alex Martin came come, came back uh, from the concussion. Uh, he ran in second place for a long time before dropping to seventh. Uh, he's never been the strongest Supercross rider, but on a privateer-style bike, finishing in top seven is good for him. 
Jalik Spall, uh, he he was he was running solid uh, in a, in the top five, but dropped back. Uh, Cody Shock, good, you know, he finished ninth. You're gonna say yeah, he finished ninth, not that good, but you know what? He was running third, probably towards the final three minutes of the race, and then uh, a lot of guys got him. But good for Cody Shock. Cody Shock is. He's he's a Michael Lindsay guy, so he's uh, he should be a lot of eyes should be ra- eyebrows should be raised on how good he's actually showing uh, how good he's riding this year. He's he's showed more flash than Jarrett Fry or Nate Thrasher so far this season. So the C- Cody Shock should be getting some calls this season for some fill-in rides if there are any available. Uh, George Smith crashed, uh, not looking good again this season. It'll be interesting to see if he can finish the year. Hamaker had a fifth place start, crashed, finished eleventh. Uh, just for him, even if he crashes, just finish finish the races. Uh, he's sixth in points. Just for Seth, just finish the races. Don't get hurt. That's for him. Uh, Jarrett Fry twelfth. It has to be disappointing. Pointing. Uh, Hardy Munoz, 13th. Uh, he had a very interesting LCQ with all the red flags. He crashed under the under under overbridge. Uh, he had a pretty nasty one, but was able to battle back. Oh, sorry. Excuse me. And was able to get through the LCQ. Jordan Bailey got 14th. Uh, Chris Blos got 15th. Extremely quiet for him. Cedric Subaros got 16th. Uh, Ty Masterpool in the LCQ mess, 17th. Uh, Ryan Surratt, 18th in the LCQ mess. Uh, Carson Mumford made his first Supercross race of his career, got 19th. Uh, a lot of, if you read social media, a lot of disappointment with him. A lot more people were expecting more for him so far, but just give him a race. Maybe it was his first race. Uh, 20th was Nate Thrasher. Uh, ha- Star-, Star Yamaha has to be disappointed in that. Uh, 21st was Ryan Sipes. My fantasy team was disappointed in Ryan, but uh, this was just going to be a one-off race for Ryan. I think he's going to do a couple of more Supercross super races. They... Uh, they had like a long list of uh, races that he was going to do. I think there's like three outdoor races he was going to do, some American flat track races, and then um, a couple of races that I don't recall. Uh, 22nd was in last place with, was Mitchell Harrison. I don't know exactly what happened to him, but uh, either way, last place was not good for Mitchell Harrison. Points lead, Cameron McAdoo has a 4-point points lead over Justin Cooper and a 10-point points lead over Garrett Marchbanks, 14 over Hunter Lawrence, and uh, 15 over Jalik Soul, and 20 points over Seth Hemaker. That is the 250 class in the Supercross next week. Or next Saturday, they will be in Dallas. That will be a uh, Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday. Then they will have two weeks off. Then they go to Atlanta for a Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday. And then they will wrap up the year in Salt Lake. So after that, 
Then we go on to outdoors for there. So my upcoming podcasting schedule for me, uh, I will be, well, I'm going to be purchasing the Supercross game, be trying that out. So during my next podcast for, for review for Supercross, I'll talk about that. Uh, I will, this week, I will be previewing the NHRA season preview. I will go through Top Fuel, Funny Car, Pro Stock, Pro Stock Bike. I will talk about a little about how I like drag racing and all that. So hopefully that will be a fun podcast to listen to. I'm also going to go away from sports in a podcast as soon as I can finish watching WandaVision. I have the season finale left in that. So then I will do a season, well, I think it's going to be a series review because I don't think there's going to be a season two of it. But I'm at least going to do a Season 1 review of WandaVision. Uh, and then after that, um, Supercross, it will be a Arlington review. So that will be at least, well, if you count Saturday, it will be at least three podcasts this week. So lots of pods. Uh, obviously, um, when looking at movies, Coming out, uh, I'll probably review Tom and Jerry because I want to do that. I'll review Godzilla vs. Kong. And then I, in April, I will look at uh, Mortal Kombat. So those are the type of things I want to do with this podcast. It doesn't necessarily, I mean, I know it says Lonely Fan Sports Show, but it's my podcast. I can do what I want with it. So it's my interests. So like I said, so after that, Think of my NHRA podcast. I'll also talk a little American Flat Track because the American Flat Track series starts this coming weekend as well. So either way, the NHRA starts, and so uh, and then the also the NA um, Major League Baseball is coming up. So uh, lots of Twins talk with that, and then uh, NFL draft is vividly approaching. So. Lots of things coming up. Uh, Everybody who listens to this, thank you and have a good night.